Checky Show. We got this groovy podcast for ya. Reviewing crazy tunes or quoting Twain and Sting and Doom. We'll bring ideas to share like bonus points for extra flair because it's the freaking Dave and Checky Show. Show. We're bringing you this groovy review. We might preview movies, bake some bread, or drink some smoothies. So come on, have way too much caffeine. You roll up some rivers, I'll reference some Raffi. This is the Dave and Checky Show. Kokomo. Way down in Kokomo. Uh, Kokomo, Jack. What are you talking about? A hundred. Kokomo for a hundred, Jack. Kokomo for a hundred. Alex? Alec. Alex. Alex Trebek. He's got cancer. He's got the big casino. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, so that's why it's Jack. I see. Jack's taking over. Who's Jack? I don't know. Hopefully not Jack Dorsey. You think it's uh, Jack Black? Smoke crack. You think Jables is taking over? Uh, Jablinski Games. Jablinski is going to take over. Welcome to another episode of Jablinski Games. You like him, don't you? We all do. Don't Why we? wouldn't you like Jack Black? The uh, man's a fucking gene. Something happened. And He's a gene. Now I'm not hearing properly. Oh, Jesus. I touched something. Yeah. What I touch? I don't know. How about now? Yeah. All right. Stop doing that. That so guy's a genius. You sat down and there's a bit of a cloud of smoke around you. I can't see you quite clearly. Uh, Shush. That's not me. Uh, who it's is it? Pig pen. I see. The ghost of the keyboard player singer for the Grateful Dead. I, I walk, I I met, I know the Grateful Dead. Who the fuck are you? I have asked you if you wanted to do a show on the Grateful Dead, and you got angry about it and said no. I walked Bob Dylan out on stage in 1976. Oh, I see. Who the fuck are you? You're referencing a YouTube video that I don't know that anybody has seen. It's the best. Mm-hmm. It's the fucking best. Let me tell you something. I used to play on the street, and never did one person ever say that to me. You know why? Because we were fucking Brill. Brill, baby. Right in front of the Brill building. Boom. Busking for bills in front of the Brill. And then it all went down. And by it, I mean 9-11. Can and you tell me... changed. Huh? Can you tell me the name of that video? Because now we have to play it for people. I got seven things going on in my head. I don't even know what you're talking about. Which video are we talking about? I walked Bob Dylan out on stage. Oh, that's called Trumpet Fight. That is called Trumpet Fight, I believe. Get the fuck out! Get the fuck out! Is it like a retarded person yelling at a homeless person? Fuck no! It's one of the best New York encounters ever. It's New York? It's gotta be. Oh, I thought it was like at the Hollywood Bowl or something. It's gotta be New York. Go to a studio and rehearse. Maybe something you work. See, I don't think that's a guy. You are no talent piece of shit. You oppose your lack of talent in order that everybody graduates. They want you to die. Get out! How dare you come down here and do this? I'm here 14 years. I've lived at this time my whole life. You're a disgrace. You suck. How dare you? I'm like three blocks down. Who the hell do you think you are? 
everybody know who you are? Maybe everybody else wants to enjoy the peace and quiet. This is one of the most important places in all of North That's America. Who are, who are you? Who are you? You better. miserable, presumptuous, no talent. You're no artist. An artist respects the silence that serves as the foundation of creativity. You obviously don't have the talent. You don't have enough respect for yourself or other people or what it is to express yourself. In music, or any other form of creativity. And I'm an NYU film school graduate, oh. sucker, sucker, at the School of Visual Arts and the Academy of Art University in San Francisco. You suck. You are no talent. <laughs> if you really had talent, go practice and to get yourself a gig instead of ruining the end of the day for everybody down here. You disgrace. You are everything that's gone wrong in this world. You are self-consumed, no talent, mediocre piece of shit. And I've earned my right to say it. Okay? I had 200,000 people with Bill Graham. In 1975, I walked Bob Dylan up on stage. Who the fuck are you? I knew the Grateful Dead from 1966. Who the fuck are you? You nothing. You nothing. You are nothing. And you will never be anything. Never. How dare you? How dare you? Epic rant. You miserable, mediocre nothing. Shame on you. Somehow I side with this guy. You cracked stupid little <laughs> smile. He made a fucking face. Go work to play. Go work to play. You're flat. You can't even carry a fucking note. I don't care about your little, like, horn lip. It doesn't mean that you know how to play. You're flat. You're flat. I'm trained classically. I'm trained contemporaneously. All right, you enough. suck. Go away. No. 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 <laughs> okay, so that's that's the uh, the trumpet fight video that you have been... Uh, that is one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's got two uh, nearly two and a half million views, but uh, I feel like it should have uh, ten times Not that. Not one of the comments mentions Paul Simon. Well, he looks like a miniature uh, Andre the Giant to me. <laughs> you know what no I mean? No one says that either. Most people just mention his high-waisted pants. His pants are, are definitely and, high-waisted. And is that a dude? That's what I thought, too. I thought it was a woman, a balding woman. from. But then uh, he got closer, and I thought... Maybe it's still a balding woman. I don't know. It's fucking great. Anyway, um, did you get that out of your system? Yeah, yeah, that's good, man. Okay. So today's show, today's episode of the Middle-Aged Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast featuring your pals... Jose from KISS 107. That's one pal. And Jeff. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. Why do you say Jose from Kiss 107? I don't What's know. Kiss what? 107. Wasn't he a person? I'm sure he's a person. Wait, who was the famous uh, DJ? It was uh, maybe from 98 point? Pa- Pablo? Pablo, yeah, yeah. It's Pablo and his mysterious cocaine habit. Apparently not much of a mystery if you know about it. I don't know. I don't know about it. That's uh, why I say it's a mystery. I think that was... Uh, was that 90 Kiss isn't 107 it was like no, 94 this is, I'm talking like this this is the 70s 80s oh, excellent I thought, I thought it was 92.3 I thought that was what it was ah pre-K-Rock pre-K-Rock yes about 99X alright anyway uh, we're not doing a show about radio today picks 
Picks. Picks. Okay. Picks. Did I, picks. Did I win anything? Picks. <laughs> picks. 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 That is so New York City only. I don't know that anybody else. Uh, it's not inter. Or it's not national. You know that, right? That's local. That's picks. a local New York City WPIX uh, Channel Eleven thing they did in what, the seventies. Uh, no, that was in the eighties. Eighties. That was absurd. I don't know. You called up and you said picks or something over mm. and over again, and it was did it fire something? Yeah, they pretended you were actually doing something. I don't think you really were. I don't think you were either. That was a big scam. What was better than that though was the box. Down with the box. The box, I believe, was the uh, you call it in late at night. Uh, video oh, the videos. Show. Yeah, yeah. Me and Pete would get home from the shows and we'd call in Ice Cube videos at like four in the morning. And since no one else was calling a minute that hour, they'd come on within like two minutes of calling. That's hysterical. It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were the days. Well, there you go. Petey Pete and you calling into the box. Us white guys love Ice Cube. Good for you. Um, all right. Today's episode, uh, despite... Dave's best efforts is about uh, news stories that kind of just disappeared. And we're not talking about minor news stories. We're talking about major news stories that uh, just uh, disappeared. Major world changing. Not so not only not only story, what? but uh, also event. Major event. Events uh, that happen. Yes. Uh. Stories, events, things that happened that um, it seems like the mainstream media has agreed. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> Why? I'm sorry. I'd like to know. Let me know. Fill, fill us all in on the joke, Dave. <laughs> can, can you fill us in? Because you're giggling and turning red over there, Smokey. So can you tell us what's going on? <laughs> no. <laughs> You have to. Dave, you have to participate in the program. Tell us why you're laughing, please. <laughs> Last time I started laughing like that, I said I was, I was broken. <laughs> I just saw back that time. <laughs> what? You what? I better, I better not mention it. Just... It has to do with black people and beards. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. We're trying to do a show about major news events that have been squashed by the mainstream media, and you're over there laughing about black people and beards? All right, let's not go any further. Well, what's the joke? You got to share it with us, and we nope. all want to know. No joke. Just absurdity. Go on now. Okay, back to the story. <laughs> Don't worry about any of that. <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at it. I'm looking at a, a madman. Pay no attention to the man in the mask. Uh-huh. Uh huh. All right. Well, the first big story that kind of disappeared. I feel like we can't even do this episode now because you are out of your mind. No, I've got it all together now. You do? Now, yeah. you had said before that you had seen that I had a small list and that you were going to add to the list. So, um, I have three. How many do you have? Oh, I got like three or four, too. Yeah, that's right. I got them all. All right. I'll just go first. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> okay. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is uh, good old Fukushima. 
So now we want to talk about what exactly is going on at that nuclear facility and that reactor. And for that, we're going to turn to Dr. Michio Kaku. There's so many questions about what just happened. What, what does it mean, though? What is the latest that you've heard? Well, this could be a Chernobyl in the making. We are now going into uncharted territory. We are thinking the unthinkable. Think of a car out of control without brakes, and then your radiator explodes. That's the situation we have here, a runaway car that has no brakes, no emergency core cooling system, and now apparently a steam hydrogen explosion has blown the radiator off. Now, they were depressurizing the reactor just a few hours ago. It looked as if they were within a hair's breadth of it under control. But then a steam hydrogen explosion took place, four workers got injured, and all hell is breaking loose. Well, when you hear that term, a Chernobyl in the making, it's really scary. We do have a map this morning of the evacuation zone. It's 20 kilometers, 12 miles. Uh, how important is it to get out of that area, and how, how far away is safe? Well, right now, the reactor itself, the vessel, seems to be intact. The Prime Minister just announced that the vessel still seems to be intact. At Chernobyl, the vessel and the roof blew off simultaneously, and 25% of the core, the uranium core, blew into the atmosphere. Here, we don't know how much core damage there is. That's the big question mark. But if there is core damage and radiation starts to leak out, 12 miles may not be enough. The winds don't stop blowing at 12 miles. The winds just keep on blowing. Okay. Fukushima. Uh, that was my first one. Dave, it's lit, written on the paper here that oh, you saw. No wonder that was my first one. I thought, you know, I went to sleep. I woke up with that idea in my head. All right. Processindustryforum.com has a list of the top 10 nuclear disasters uh, in all time, you know. However long uh, nuclear disasters have, ha have been happening. Three Mile Island, man. That's the one, right? Three Mile Island is number five. If that was one of the worst, I don't think we got a lot to worry about. That was number five. How, level many, people, how many people have uh, been affected by that one in reality this many years later? Have they, has the cancer rate increased? Has that been documented? We're not talking about Three Mile Island. I'm just saying, if that's number five, maybe number one ain't that bad. <clears throat> level level five, number five, Three Mile Island Accident, Pennsylvania, USA, 1979. Uh, new, two nuclear reactors meltdown. It was subsequently the worst disaster in commercial nuclear power plant history. Small amounts of radioactive gases and radioactive iodine were released into the environment. Luckily, epidemiology studies have not linked a single cancer with the accident. It was the fifth worst one, huh? Fifth worst, worst one. That doesn't sound too bad, I hate to tell you. Number two. Am I, I mean, am I wrong? You probably are wrong, yes. Well, they've linked nothing to it. Well, are they trying to link something to it? Uh, Let me put I it this know. way. If there'd, be, every, there'd be lawsuits if they, you know, they, they get the love canal, they have lawsuits. Why not this? If, let me put it this way. If everybody who worked on the movie The Conqueror died as a result of radiation and mm -hmm. cancer... Um, then I would say that there are probably things linked and we just are never going to know about it because... Day, that was a much higher dose, perhaps. It wasn't a nuclear m meltdown, though. All right. Well, we'll it see. It could have been a much higher dose, but I'm just saying, everyone on that movie died of cancer. I think Fukushima is a lot worse than uh, Three Mile Island. Fukushima comes in at number two. 
The Fukushima Daiichi nuclear disaster was a series of equipment failures, nuclear meltdowns, and releases of radioactive materials at the Fukushima nuclear power plant following the Tohoku tsunami on March 11, 2011. It is the largest nuclear disaster since the Chernobyl disaster of 1986 and only the second disaster, along with Chernobyl, to measure level 7 on the INES. So that's a level 7 disaster. Much like Chernobyl is a level seven disaster. What uh, what is highest? <clears throat> what highest level? Uh, right now they say level seven is the highest. Okay. Okay. So the level, uh, the highest that's happened, and the highest they go right now is seven. But uh, is uh, <coughs> is Chernobyl near an ocean? They seem to always be on the water, right? Uh, they are always on the water. They need some sort of water, uh, not always on an ocean necessarily, sometimes on a large river or on a... Um, a larger river eventually flow into an ocean. That's true. But that doesn't mean that they're on an ocean. But uh, what got into that water also Chernobyl, got into the ocean. Uh, Chernobyl may or may not be on... An ocean. I don't know. Because Fukushima is an ocean. That's true because Japan is an island. All right. Now, this being said, the next Olympics are going to be in Japan. All right. Japanese, this is from Deadspin. Devorah Myers reports Japanese government. Deadspin? Isn't that one of those uh, uh, outlets that we don't like? This is, I am reading to you. Perhaps you would l- at least let me finish. Yes, I'm just curious though. Isn't that what Deadspin's been I, skeptical it's, of Deadspin? Let me tell you something. It is very difficult to find anything out there on Fukushima. All right. I'm, I just, you know, I have to be trusting a source. If you keep interrupting every time, we never get to the point. All right. I didn't want to be able to trust the source. The source is the Japanese government. Okay. They're definitely not trustworthy. Japanese government wants evacuees to return to Fukushima in time to make the Olympics look good. So. Sounds like North Korea. It is the second biggest nuclear disaster in the history of nuclear disasters. I argue it might be bigger than Chernobyl. I don't think so. Really? If it's going into the ocean continuously, just leaking without it being really repaired, isn't that worse? That is true. That is true. Um, from this woman's report, the Tokyo 2020 Organizing Committee has embraced symbolism as well as the traditional cost overruns and have dubbed their games the Reconstruction Olympics. The reconstruction they're referring to is the effort to rebuild the part of the country that was devastated by the 2011 earthquake, tsunami, and subsequent Fukushima nuclear reactor meltdown. More than 16,000 people were killed in the disaster, and approximately 160,000 people evacuated the region, with the Japanese government providing subsidies and assistance to those who fled. problem is, of those 16,000 that were killed, the majority of them have to do with the flood. Not with a nuclear power plant. Right. That's what so let's not distort our facts, Mr. Des, Mr. Deadspin. Okay. It was a lady, and she didn't distort any facts Figures. here. Uh, but the thing is this. If it's the second largest or second worst nuclear uh, accident 
at a level seven, a, a level equal to Chernobyl, where people are not supposed to live for 20,000 years in Chernobyl. Well, they're not having the Olympics in Fukushima, right? I mean, they're going to have it in Tokyo or some other shit. I know you'd like to think that, but they are going to start the torch in Fukushima. <laughs> they are bringing the torch. Uh, it starts its trip in Fukushima um, in 2017. I don't, I don't recall this, but they... Uh, they announced where the softball and baseball competitions for the Olympics are going to be. And they're going to be in Fukushima. They're retarded. Yes. So uh, Eileen Miyako-Smith, an activist with Green Action Japan, noted, it's fine for athletes and spectators to go to Fukushima for a couple of days to compete. But the Japanese government is using this to claim that everything is back to normal and that the evacuees should just go home. No. No, no, no. I think that this is a a terrible idea to have any events there, to start the torch there. The only thing I can think of is that they think that um, the radiation will take decades for it to cause you to die and so i i actually i don't even know what they're thinking anybody who goes there to go and watch baseball or softball is out of their minds and any fucking country that lets their team play there is out of their minds that's it's just absurd well we'll see how that one plays out will we I don't think they're going to stop anyone. And just on, on another note, <clears throat> Rents.com, which is, uh, you know, it's a website run by Jeff Rents, who, and it is a, uh, there's a lot of conspiracies going on there. But he has a whole section dedicated to Fukushima and what he thinks are um He thinks that Fukushima is causing bugs to die off and birds to die off. And also there's a story uh, recently from the uh, L.A. Times that a lot of animals, a lot of sea animals are turning up uh, on California beaches more than normal um, that are sick. They're malnourished, emaciated. So uh, Rents seems to think all of these things have to do with Fukushima mm-hmm. and that none of it is being reported. And it's not just him. He's got, you know, scientists and whatever that uh, also contribute to his stories there on his website. Mm-hmm. But they uh, they are in agreement that Fukushima is killing off fish, killing off bugs, killing off birds, maybe directly or indirectly. But uh, that's the problem. And he has people who write in and say, well, this year we didn't have these bugs when we usually do. And, you know, so it's an interesting thought, but I certainly uh, think it's a terrible idea to have Olympic events there and to force those people to go back home. That's an embarrassment. Or maybe, you know, because they survived the bombs, they're not so afraid of radiation. 
They're like cockroaches. They got a tolerance to it. I don't know about that, but... They could survive anything. I don't know if they have a tolerance, but perhaps those bombs have made them... Uh, let me get an eight-pack of nips. Oh, that's... Uh, okay. All right, so that was my first story, is Fukushima. Fukushima, uh, we're not hearing anything really just about the big ice containment wall they've built. Somehow they think that's stopping uh, everything. I don't, I don't believe it, it is. They built an underground ice wall. Oh, that always works. I, what is this? Where's fucking Jason Momoa calling all the animals in to help? Okay. Fucking Aquaman. Uh-huh. Boom. Mm-hmm. And what, what are they, an ice wall? What, what, who lives in that fortress? <laughs> it's an underground ice wall. Where's the invisible plane? That, uh... When she poops in that plane, do you see it? Because it's an invisible plane. Is the bathroom invisible, too? Or is there no, no bathroom in that plane? Or is Wonder Woman miraculous for many reasons she doesn't poop? This is the things I wonder about woman. I will say that uh, I don't know if she poops in the plane. I don't think, I think the, the plane is just a one or two seater. There is no bathroom on Wonder Woman's so plane. So it's a one or two seater. There's no room for her to take a stool. She's just flying around, Dave. She's not, uh, it's a very fast jet. Take your stool on the stage, will mm-hmm, you? Mm-hmm. If I can quote Ryan Seacrest. Uh-huh. Take a stool on the stage, you creep. <clears throat> anyway, so I did my first story. What's your first story? Give me a link. Uh, feed me a URL for your first story. I don't, I don't have a first story. Do you have any stories? You said you were going to... <coughs> um, Did you want to talk about the black people and their beards again? No, okay. no. I've gotten that out of my system. Thank, thank, thank the Lord. Uh, the first story I'd like to talk about is brown people in Congress. I don't want any of them. Okay, that's not a story. That's that's. Oh, sorry. Okay. I got to, okay. So my story of the day is uh, in New York. Uh-huh. I'd really prefer it if there were no brown people. Stop saying that. That's oh. not true. Sorry. I yeah. Black is fine and white's cool, but brown? That sounds dirty. Dave. What I'm just saying. Let's get this. Let's have some contrast here. Brown, you need to tighten up that filter. Okay, I don't know what you're talking about. You're saying I like crisp colors. According to globalresearch.ca, polar bears, seals, and walruses along the Alaska coastline are suffering from fur loss and open sores. Uh, they seem to think that this might be related to Fukushima. There is an epidemic of sea lion deaths along the California coastline. Uh, Along the Pacific coast of Canada and the Alaskan coastline, the population of sockeye salmon is at an historic low. Something is causing fish all along the west coast of Canada to bleed from their gills, bellies, and eyeballs. What do they mean, something? uh, I think they're trying to say it's Fukushima. 
Why wouldn't everyone be in agreement upon this? I think, uh, well, I think this is going to be one of those things where if it was true, no one would want to tell us because it's so big. It's so huge. One test in California found that 15 out of 15 bluefin tuna were contaminated with radiation from Fukushima. Back in 2012, the Vancouver Sun reported that cell of cesium-137 was being found in a very high percentage of the fish that Japan was selling to Canada. 73% of the mackerel they tested had it, 91% of the halibut, 92% of the sardines, 93% of the tuna and eel, 94% of the cod and anchovies, and 100% of the carp, seaweed, shark, and monkfish. Goddamn monkfish. And they uh, actually have links to uh, these studies or these reports. BBC News recently reported the radiation levels around Fukushima are 18 times higher than previously believed. Mm. Yet, here we go. Olympics. Uh, An EU-funded study concluded that Fukushima released up to 210 quadrillion becquerels of cesium-137 into the atmosphere. 210 quadrillion atmospheric radiation from Fukushima reached the west coast of the United States within a few days back in 2011 at this point 300 tons of contaminated water is pouring into the Pacific Ocean from Fukushima every single day well that was six years ago let's see if that is changed from Reuters, it says eight years, this is from uh, just a few days ago, March 8th, 2019, uh, eight years after Fukushima nuclear crisis, uh, a fresh obstacle threatens to undermine the massive cleanup. One million tons of contaminated water must be stored, possibly for years, at the power plant. Last year, Tokyo Electric Power Company said a system meant to purify contaminated water had failed to remove dangerous radioactive contaminants. So they're trying to store water. So I don't know if it's still flowing out. Sounds precarious. I gotta be honest, I don't... I don't know. Yeah, Momoa needs to get the fuck out of there. He's not there. Why do you think Momoa's in Japan? Aquaman's ice fortress is saving the day. Oh, I don't think it's Aquaman that has an ice fortress. I think that's Superman. Exactly. See what I'm saying? It's all fucked up. They need Gene Hackman up in this bitch. Okay, so you have no stories. I told you my stories, and you don't want to hear them. I don't. Uh, the next one that we haven't heard anything about for a, a long time, and we haven't heard anything uh, concrete about... Ringo Starr and his wife. How did he manage to marry her? Or how did she manage to marry him? She's a was beautiful model, and he was Ringo Starr. Now for extra point trivia question: uh-huh. Where did they meet? I would say they met on that movie. That's correct, uh-huh. on the set of Caveman. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Thank you very much. You thank you for Caveman, that. almost <laughs> as good as Quest for Fire. No. Anyway, um, 
He married, was it uh, Barbara Bach? Yes. I see. Bach, man, Turner Overdrive. Mm. The second story is, of course, uh, the Las Vegas Massacre. Remember Vegas? Biggest gun massacre in U.S. history, but suddenly it disappeared off the radar because you'd had Islamic connections. We broke that first from the hostage rescue team sources, and then Laura went there and backed it up, and many others backed it up as well. And now they just hope you forget about it. The shooting by Stephen Paddock outside of uh, the MGM hotel where uh, thousands of people were enjoying a, an outdoor concert, and he just open fire um, the FBI recently closed the case saying his motive was unknown according to the FBI's three-page summary report the agency did not find a single clear motivating factor while the shooter wanted to inflict the maximum amount of damage authorities say he acted alone and was not directed inspired nor enabled by ideologically motivated persons or groups and although Paddock was a high roller who gambled at many of the hotels in Las Vegas authorities say he wasn't motivated by grievance against any specific hotel Aaron Roos a special agent in charge of the FBI's Las Vegas office said it wasn't about MGM, Mandalay Bay, or a specific casino or venue. It was all about doing the maximum amount of damage and him obtaining some form of infamy. Reporting in New York, Trinity Chavez, RT. And that was it. Oh, that sounds good. Satisfaction. Guaranteed. That's, I mean, honestly, that sounds weak. That Where, sounds where's like his creepy girlfriend? She, uh, they, she got out of Dodge and went to the Philippines and then they brought her back and then we've never heard from her. The, the, the brother started to talk at some point. Remember him outside the, the house? Yeah, isn't he a pedophile or something? That, well, either he is a pedophile or they have labeled him as such to keep him to shut the fuck up. I don't know. I, I really don't know. We are re- so living in the matrix where nothing makes sense. Um, and this story, this story is so insane. The, a guy, the guy who went on Ellen, apparently he, his story didn't match. Who's that? The guy who was, who was the security guard. We still don't have answers to even basic questions about the massacre in Las Vegas, but we do have a lot of questions. Jesus Campos emerged publicly for the first time this week. He was the only eyewitness, certainly the first, to the shooting at that hotel from within the building. He gave an interview on the Ellen DeGeneres show, but bizarrely, the whole interview apparently was part of a marketing push by MGM, which owns Mandalay Bay, and among other things, operates several Ellen-themed slot machines. Watch. I have a brand new slot machine. It is from IGT, and it's got new bonuses that are so much fun. I was in Vegas, and I went to the MGM Grand, and I surprised some people who were playing my machine, and here's what happened. Wild! Come on! So now the Daily Mail is reporting that MGM, the company, makes those slot machines, insisted that Compost appear only on Ellen DeGeneres' show, fearing that his responses to any other interviewers, real ones, could alter the public perception of the shooting timeline and affect their legal position. Chris Spargo is a Daily Mail reporter, and he joins us tonight. 
Um, so Chris, this sounds like part of a, I don't know if cover-up is too strong or not, but part of a marketing effort. This sounds designed to spin rather than explain the facts to the public. Yeah, that's exactly it. Now, we heard last week that Jesus Campos was going to give five interviews on Thursday, and after two and a half weeks, we were all looking for answers. There's just so many things that are still lingering about the shooting. And then a few days before, he just disappears, and we don't hear anything at all. And then we learn on Tuesday night that he's going to do Ellen DeGeneres of all shows. Now, we spoke to a TV insider who confirmed to us that this was all MGM. They were concerned about the timeline, which keeps changing in this case, and that Jesus would not be able to keep it straight if he was put on very hard talk shows or news organizations were going to pressure him about it. Maybe he was trying to get his 15 minutes of fame. And a check. He got a check. Jesus, you're a fan of the Oakland Raiders, and Shutterfly is going to give you season tickets when the team goes to Las Vegas. You're going to be able to see them. Um, also, we know it's really important for you to uh, that everyone is recognized. So Shutterfly uh, cares about supporting communities, so it's going to make a donation of $25,000 in your name to the GoFundMe page that's dedicated to helping victims of the shooting. Here is from October 26, 2018, from tonsoffacts.com they say Paddock's mass shooting spree is the deadliest mass shooting by a lone shooter in the United States history with 58 fatalities and 851 injuries hmm. that's insane and it's all by one person though there are videos from the night where people thought they heard two shooters or at least two shooters yeah i don't i don't uh, believe any of that you don't you think it was he was acting alone well i just don't believe anyone's recollection is being accurate necessarily even though there's videos that that you where you hear stuff you think it's just echoing i don't know what i'm hearing i see Paddock committed suicide in his hotel room from a self-inflicted gunshot wound so this is the other thing is that he had a shit ton of guns up there. Right. Do you think he was some sort of gun dealer? No, I think he's collected guns for years. And you think he was just going to use every one of all of those guns to shoot people? It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I don't know. I can't I can't uh say what his how he was thinking. His father was a bank robber who was arrested in 1960 when Stephen was seven years old. He was later convicted and escaped prison in 1969 and subsequently appeared on the FBI's most wanted list. Mm -hmm. According to Paddock's brother, they never really knew their father and he was never with their mother. Okay. So he's got issues, that's for sure. I mean, what what are they trying to solve that they haven't solved? Well, FBI does an investigations, and they try to find motive, and if anybody else is involved, and uh, all this other shit. And they say no one else was involved. And what, the other people say people were involved? It's, it's, it's so absurd. He had also, re- he had also gotten a room at another hotel... Uh, with another live event that was uh, happening across the way, I don't. We don't don't know why, but clearly he was uh, up to something. Also, this ISIS claimed responsibility for this. Now, 
the girlfriend from the Philippines, I'll have you know that there are a lot of uh, Muslim, radical Muslims in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So uh, he could have been turned by them. I don't know. I don't know. But the the FBI doing a year or two report and coming up with nothing, I, I don't, I just don't believe it. I don't believe it. It's like the, the Warren uh, Commission. I don't believe them either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he would do it. I don't know why. I don't understand. I don't understand how that, I don't know. I don't know. I see. <clears throat> so uh, Laura Loomer spent a lot of time and energy and effort to look into all of this. It seemed like she was really getting someplace. Nobody paid attention to her, but she did get deplatformed from Twitter. Well, what did, what did she find? Laura Loomer, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Alex. Well, lay this out. You, you, you wrote it for Dangerous.com, where it first appeared. It's also on Infowars.com. You were kind enough to let us post it, and so was uh, the, the, the great Milo Yiannopoulos. But uh, roll through this amazing information. Right. It's also on my website, lauralumer.us, if you want to read it. But uh, basically, uh, about a week and a half ago or so, there was a document dump. The, the court in Las Vegas, a judge in Vegas, ordered the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department to release documents and evidence pertaining to the Las Vegas shooting that Sheriff Lombardo and the LVMPD has been fighting to not release to the American public. Well, it turns out, you know, I've been going through the 2,000 pages, and you have to manually read them um, because they made it so that you can't do optimal keyword searches on them. They kind of distorted the background of the documents with this granular background. And I've been finding these insane, shocking witness statements, police statements, and things that they should have told us in the immediate aftermath of the Las Vegas shooting that has been kept secret, right? Or we just withheld from the public to cover up the true motive behind the Vegas shooting, which is starting to look like terrorism more and more every single day. She, she, she has done extensive research. Vegas docs reveal Stephen Paddock told an Uber driver about a terrorist, terrorist attack from Mandalay Bay part of a witness statement you know if you go to laura loomer and go to her las vegas section she has scanned in the documents so you can see them uh this person this uber driver said i got a request to pick up paddock at terminal one pickup area for uber not sure what day or time i picked up a man and a woman with a big blue suitcase old looking and heard he commented on the mandalay bay area for a terrorist attack and then dropped him at the Mandalay Bay. I don't believe him. And he says, maybe check Uber's records. I don't believe the Uber driver. The name of the Uber driver is redacted on the report, but the driver is described as a 5'10", 200-pound woman with red hair and blue eyes. Yeah, she looking for five minutes of fame. The witness statement was documented, documented on October 4th by... Las Vegas uh, Metropolitan Police Officer, which begs the question as to why the public is only now finding out eight months after the Las Vegas shooting that Paddock mentioned a terrorist attack taking place at Mandalay Bay prior to the attack. Because it's hearsay and no one can prove that ever ever happened. Interestingly, the witness originally wrote they in her statement, but then crossed out the word they and changed it to he. 
However, in the witness statement, it is made very clear that another woman was also in the car with Paddock and the Uber driver. It is unclear whether the woman in the Uber with Paddock was his girlfriend, Mary Lou Danley, but other recently released Vegas shooting documents reveal that three, three women were in Paddock's room when police entered his 32nd floor suite the night of, shoot, of the shooting. Well, what happened to them? What are, they, what are they talking about three women were in there? One of the documents in the dispatch logs, this is an official Las Vegas police officer document. It says that when they entered the room, it said that the unit was under control, room 32135, where Stephen Paddock was uh, supposedly shooting. And it says that there were three women in the room, and you can zoom in on the document. This isn't speculation. This isn't conspiracy. This isn't some wild accusation. You can look and see for yourself the copy, the screenshot of the document that came out of the dispatch logs from LVMPD, and you can see that they're still trying to obscure the important information. They have removed the identities of the women, and you can see that it says three women right there for your own eyes, right? And then it refers to these women as number one, number two, and under, number three. If you go back to the document, they have redacted the names of the three women. So obviously, Sheriff Lombardo, just like I said when I was doing exclusive reports for InfoWars back in October, Sheriff Lombardo and the FBI in Las Vegas under Agent Rouse, they lied to the American people. They lied to the world about Stephen Paddock being alone in that room uh, the night of October 1st. That's insanity. Yeah. Then how could it possibly be one shooter? What are they even talking about? Thanks to Loomer's relentless reporting, we know that Marilou Danley was present at the Mandalay Bay on the night of the shooting and was presumably one of the three women who were reported to have been checked into the room. However, if this presumption remains true, who were the two additional women referred to in the police log? I feel like there's a lot of shit that's not out there unacceptable yeah it is it's it's very unacceptable and laura loomer uh partially deplatformed because of her her work she is one of the examples of twitter uh silencing conservatives or or just truth tellers shitter she worked very hard on this she went to to great lengths she to uh uncover shit and uh, the FBI's report that there's, you know, this is a nothing burger. Is I don't really understand odd. how we never. I, I don't understand how those other two people are never in public record. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's that's why this is this this is a show about stories that disappeared when they shouldn't have. Creepy. It is very creepy. <clears throat> Uh, did you think of another story you wanted to tell? No, 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 no. How long have we been doing this? I don't know. I'm having trouble understanding. I see. All right. Uh, the last one I have <clears throat> is the New Mexican jihadi camp. This is such a horrifying story, but uh, yeah. most people who've heard about it don't know all of the nuances, don't know the context of this story. They simply think of it as a possible murder story. Uh, a man, you know, remains of this child found on the compound. They don't know at all that this man was a jihadist. Where is this information when the mainstream media is reporting it? You're not seeing any conversation about this at all. You're not seeing people talk about who are these other 11 children, where, who do they belong to? There are also other adults that were at that compound as well. I mean, this looks to have all of the makings of a jihadi 
terrorist compound right here in the United States of America. And it is astonishing, and I think the FBI needs to be questioned as well, did they have any tips about this happening in the first place if this poor three-year-old boy hadn't gone missing? I mean, it's unbelievable that the mainstream media, one, isn't really addressing the story, and then two, when they address it, not giving Americans all of the facts. Oh, a wonderful jihadi camp where the uh, men and women were all treated equally and uh, children were uh, given a, a very good education. No, that's not that camp. I'm not sure of that camp, but that is not the one we're speaking about. Oh. Basically, this whole story starts when a little boy was abducted, a little uh, special needs boy uh, was abducted by his father. Well, he wasn't abducted then. He was. He was abducted by his father. Isn't one of Mambler alerts? It was. An Amber Tamblin alert? Listen to this, because this is... it. The, the, the story starts off terrible and ends terrible. Uh, Abdul... Love that. Abdul Ghani Wahaj went missing on December 1st, 2017, abducted by his father, Siraj I- Ibn Wahaj. Why are these people in America? The boy's mother, Hakima Ramsey, went to the police. The boy's parents had been married for 15 years, according to press reports. It is unclear what sparked the sudden rift with the family. Somehow I bet Hakima wasn't born with that first name. Siraj Ibn, I don't know how you say that, Wahaj attributed his son's disabilities to demonic beings and believed that only an Islamic exorcism would expel the demons. That man needs to take an IQ test. A fact reported by the Clarion Intelligent Network sources before it was confirmed publicly in a search warrant. So this guy kidnapped his own child Took them, took him across state lines, set up this camp, and then performed an exorcism. His new girlfriend, this weirdo woman, Laney something. Sounds like a Jew who works at a health club. She tells, she tells the children. It's okay. Come to the club. We'll give you free towels in the sauna. She tells the children that they've exorcised the kid which they murdered the child, right? And that they're going to wait for him to resurrect and then he's going to tell them what they have to do. He's going to tell them which uh, targets they are going to hit, like schools. Oh, because that's how it works. The children were told that Abdul would be resurrected and come back as Jesus. He would instruct the group on what corrupt institutions the group needed to get rid of. These institutions included teachers, military, law enforcement, financial institutions. So, press reports indicate the compound was first set up in late December. It is still unknown exactly why and when this spot was chosen. Law enforcement sources are certain there is a bigger story behind it. Neighbors saw Abdul Ghani Wahaj at the compound in January and February. A couple, Jason and Tanya Badger, went to the police in late April or early May once they did an internet search of him and discovered he was a wanted fugitive and the boy was missing. Furthermore, the Badgers were involved in a property dispute with them and his co-conspirators. According to the search warrant, Lucas Morton had purchased land nearby but accidentally built the compound on the Badgers' land. Oh, okay. The Badgers gave permission to the FBI to search the compound because it was on their own private property. Dumb fucks. Oh, my God. So they arrest these people. 
They grab the children. Uh, they f- find the dead boy. And then you know what happens? What happens? They're released. What? Exactly. Let's start with this uh, really incredible decision by this judge down in New Mexico to allow these four Muslim jihadists um, to post bond and to basically go free until their trial. Your thoughts? It seems to me that this judge is probably being uh, solicitous of the father of the ringleader at the New Mexico compound. Remember that this is one of the most prominent imams in the United States. He's the first imam to give a prayer at the House of Representatives. And so his son is involved in amassing weapons and training children to for jihad attacks in schools. This, it makes the whole Muslim community in the U.S., which has welcomed this man's father all over the country, it makes them look a little bit suspicious. And so I think that she, the judge is trying to protect them by downplaying the gravity of this incident. She actually said that the prosecution had not shown that these people posed any threat which is the most ridiculous thing I've heard in years. And she wants to run interference for the man's father and the Muslim community in the U.S. Yeah, where are they now? The FBI swooped in and got them. Now there is more to the story. Siraj Ibn Wahaj is the son of a New York imam of the same name, who's attracted his fair share of controversy. Islam is better than a democracy. In time, the so-called democracy will crumble and there will be nothing, and the only thing that will remain will be Islam. Wahaj Sr. was an unindicted co-conspirator in the 1993 World Trade Center bombing, meaning he was never charged, but believed by authorities to be linked to the attack and the perpetrators. Perhaps surprisingly, the Imam confessed his son's religious beliefs may have been intense. I think my my son can be a little bit, um, maybe a little bit extreme. Um, when, when I say extreme, not not radical, killing people and stuff like that, God forbid. I've never seen anything like that in him. Um, but just, you know, he just a little bit sometimes, a little bit, you know. Goddamn jihadis. I can't even, and this has disappeared. If you, if you Google these people's names, mm-hmm. there is nothing. You can, you know, not, and I say Google, I don't use Google anymore, but if you go to DuckDuckGo and you say, okay, show me any news on this in the past month, nothing. Hmm. It's Well, maybe it, they're in custody, awaiting trial. Are they? Some people think that they might be like CIA assets or something. No, they're just kooks. You think they're just kooks? Kooks, baby. All right. Kookamanga. Rancho Kookamanga. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there something going on in Rancho Cucamonga just happening recently? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. That might be one of my stories. Oh. Uh, Rancho Cucamonga. Also, right after they were uh, let go, yeah. they, uh, the feds destroyed the compound. Instead of going through with a fine-tooth comb, they, uh, they destroyed it. They're not so smart all the time. I don't know if it's a matter of smart or what. Freaking bumbling idiots, FBI. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I don't think so. Boom. Uh, anyway. 
Who's up next? What we got? Who's Adi- disappearing from news today? From the freethoughtproject.com, adding to the already insane nature of five suspected terrorist child killers being released this week on Wednesday after a judge granted them release, federal agents raided the can- compound once more and destroyed all the evidence by raising it to the ground. Nice. So, uh, it's disappeared. The story has disappeared completely. And the news doesn't follow up on it. The mainstream news doesn't follow up on it. When things disappear so completely, I know you just like, oh, it's a bunch of kooks or uh, whatever. But when things disappear so completely... To me, that seems like it's orchestrated. Perhaps, but we don't have a very short attention span as a news-consuming uh, uh, public. I don't think we do. I think I think the news wants that, and they'll that just go to the next true. thing. Well, that could be true. You know, I think once they realize that these people were radical and, and trying to uh, get people, uh, get the kids to shoot up schools... That, you know, I think that is against their narrative of the religion of peace. What happened to the world? Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, yes. radical was happening, man. Mm-hmm. Radical was cool. Everything was radical. Yeah. Like that's rad? Yeah, what? man. Radical was happening. Uh-huh. I was like, you know, if you're doing something cool, that was radical. And uh-huh. then fucking awesome took over and radical became fucking uh, terrorists. You awesome faggots turned radical into a goddamn disease. All right. Well, there you go. That's my new band, the Awesome Faggots. That's awesome. It's actually just called Regular People. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So uh, that's it for my three stories. Ba-da-da-da. Ya-da-da-da. Oh, Charlie. What's his name? Uncle Great. Charlie. Uncle Charlie. Uh-huh. My three sons. Uncle Charlie. That sounds like a nightmare for someone in Vietnam, Starring baby. Starring Fred McMurray. Uncle Charlie's going to get you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything you want to add? Uh, why don't we, uh, since this has been mostly me, you had you yeah, promised you why, that you had stories. I got a story for you. It's oh, called okay. Dave Weckl is going to kill you. Who's Dave Weckl? He's the best drummer in the world. He's the best drummer in the world. Yeah, well, it's arguable. Okay, I it's thought very, you said Steve Gadd was your favorite. Yes, there was a time when that was true. But in this day today, I would argue that Dave Weckl has become possibly the greatest drummer in the world. Okay. And who? And, and why? And I, I mean, He's always been great, but he's just gotten better. He's even better. He's better now. Was he on any of the top ten lists we talked about? Uh, well, he's no Meg White. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, what, what band was he in? Or is he a studio uh, guy? He's a studio guy. He kind of came on the scene in the 80s as sort of like a, you know the new day, uh, new Steve Gadd. Uh-huh. Uh, he was with uh, Chick Corea's electric band. That's where he made his mark, you mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. The man's a whiz. But he's gotten better. See, he used to be very technical, but now he's got the groove. Oh. See, he's aged. And now what was once just chops is, is, is uh, aged wisdom. Oh. And what have you been listening to that uh, has has made you have this uh, revelation about Dave Weckl? Uh, I was, I've been watching this uh, footage of him at a uh, he's like, in, like a NAMM show or like a music convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wangert, uh, Benjamin, and Weckl, this trio, very impressive stuff, man. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's what's happening. All right. So if you just stop worrying about all your terrorists and getting a weckle, I think you'd see things clearly. 
you know, we should continue to worry about terrorists for sure. What if terrorists got in a weckle? Then we'd be happening. I don't think they are. Uh, I feel like they are low IQ individuals. Well, you got to be of a high intelligence to be in a weckle. Okay. Okay. And let me tell you this. You I could never. Yourself I, on the back? And no, I'm just saying it took me years to understand weckle. I meant, what, Either that or weckles come to a different level. Maybe he's changed. Maybe weckles changed. Eh? Maybe we met somewhere in the middle. Huh? Oh, okay. That's right. Weckle used to have chops up the wazoo, and now those chops have mellowed a little bit, and I can understand them a little better. Or maybe I just have a more sophisticated brain. I, I think it's the. F- I don't think so. I think it's that he's mellowed a little okay. bit, and he's you know what was once a, a fury of chops is now you know more groove oriented. Right. That's a lesson for you. So is that what's on your turntable, Dave Weckle? What's the name of the trio again? Uh, Wangert, Benjamin, and Weckle, and they also represent you if you needed a voice. Are they? Are they, what do they play? Jazz? They play jazz, man. Okay. All right. Fusion. I don't know. It's like a rock. Okay. It's like a rock fusion. What is it, Weckle? Weckle, uh, Benjamin, and uh, I don't know, man. I'm losing it. Okay. Anghart, Banghart. I don't know. Someone some keyboard player. Are they good too, or is it is Weckl- Yeah, no, this is the thing. Weckle plays with top-notch cats, all the best in the world. I see. Uh, but somehow he outshines every single one of them. I see. I will, you cannot find a scenario post-2010 where Weckle's in the man where he's not the center of attention. Okay. And he's playing with a world-class cats, baby. So you are, you are giving up on Steve Gadd. No, just Weckle is only in his 50s. Gad's, you know, like almost 75. He's, you know, he's he's great, but I'm just saying Weckle hasn't lost anything. Gad is, has definitely mellowed a lot. I see. Weckle is still on fire. Okay. Yeah. All right. All righty. Well, that's uh, great. You fucking nerds. Uh, I don't know who you're talking to. Anyways, this has been, uh, I, mm, fuck, episode 43, I think. Holy shiznit. And it's another late episode. Jablinski Games. Okay. Jablinski Games. All right. Uh, so uh, I'm not even going to ask you anything more to say because I feel like it'll take another half hour or so. Yeah, we better stop talking, man. Uh-huh. No, you. you. I'm going to talk you down. All right. Yeah, yeah, as long as you need. We're on the air for you, baby. You did that last week. That's exactly right. I'm still here for you. Okay. Hey, have you come on off the ledge yet? I can do it. I'm Scott Muni, baby. All right. Anywho, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you next time, America and France and uh, other places. Fairly well, man. Broke down palace. You got to hit stop. Trucking. Casey Jones. Terrapin. Mm -hmm.